Shut up and sit down. Hi there. Welcome to Paul's Voice. I'm Paul. And this podcast is all about my voice. My voice. My voice. Is that my voice? <laughs> if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. If you don't enjoy this podcast, share it anyway. Because I aim to be somebody's favorite narrator. Maybe not yours, but somebody's. Welcome to episode 8. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode was sparked by an idea I heard on a different podcast. If you go to my website, paulsvoice.me, that's paulsvoice.me, and look at the links tab, you'll see a, uh, a link that will fi- help you find Mike Rowe's podcast. It's called The Way I Heard It. All of his podcasts are really short and very entertaining. But the one in particular that sparked the idea for today's show was uh, the man behind the microphone. So when you get a chance, go over there and listen to that podcast. Uh, I found it fascinating. But anyway, it detailed the story of a guy who was a sports broadcaster a long time ago, and he, (laughs) he broadcasted this baseball game that was just phenomenal. I mean, nail-biting, down-to-the-wire, exciting, and, and everybody that listened to it was just awed by the, the game that happened. The only difference is the game never happened. The man didn't have the information to relay the game, and so he just made one up. And it was one of the most entertaining games of all times. And it got me to thinking that the purpose of this podcast is to help me hone my skills of being able to entertain you, to tell you a story and engage you in what, I'm, in what you're listening to. So today, I've got a story to tell you. So what I'd like you to do is for the next few minutes, just relax and clear your head and listen to the, to the story I'm about to tell you. Close your eyes. No, wait, not you. Not you. You're driving. Don't, not, you open your eyes. You need to see. Okay, that, that was close. No, if you're driving, uh, you know, just hit the pause button and try this later. But for those of you who aren't driving, if you could do me a favor and just, just relax for a little bit, close your eyes, and let me tell you the story of Joe's Valley. The air was still, yet not heavy. This allowed the snap to echo effortlessly. The sound caused Joseph's brain to stir. Consciousness crept in slowly. When the snap finally registered in his mind, Joseph's eyes shot open, but he dared not move. The sky was black, maybe a deep blue. 
There were no stars. Moonlight was non-existent. The branches of the pine trees that towered overhead were void of color. Joseph schooled his breathing so there were no sudden changes to his movements. He had no idea what caused the snap. He decided it was the sound of a twig breaking. But what caused it? Joseph kept his head still as his eyes slowly scanned, as far as they could. His eyes rolled upward, then down, then to the left, then right. Finally, back to the center. He found no new information. All he could smell was dust. A sense of vulnerability rushed over him. He had to move. A dull ache rose from the right side of his lower back. A smooth stone the width of his thigh protruded into his kidney. This pain was going to slow him. All at once, Joseph rolled to his left and brought his palms to rest beside his shoulders, then raised his chin and started scanning through this new perspective. Leafy plants with long stems sprouted sparsely through the rocky ground. Joseph rotated his head from left to right as his eyes scanned up and down, searching for any movement. He saw none. He had to get to his feet. Defense was not possible from this posture. He pressed his hands into the dirt as his knees scattered toward them. His torso rotated backwards as the bottoms of his boots found the ground. Joseph crouched with his legs ready to spring him in any direction if necessary. This new position offered a more advantageous view of his surroundings. But he found no new information. Where was he? How did he get here? How long had he been asleep? Ahead of him, the ground sloped upward. Slowly, Joseph swiveled on the balls of his feet until he was facing down towards the floor of this dark valley. He could see the tips of the trees descending before him. He was on the side of a small bowl that reminded him of an amphitheater where trees had gathered to be entertained by botanical actors on a stage at the bottom of the hill. Where was he? Joseph did not recognize anything. He slipped his tongue between his lips to moisten them and seal them shut so he could absorb any scents that lingered in the air through his nostrils. As the still air flooded his lungs, Joseph cataloged every odor. Dry pine needles. More dust. Stale dust. Suddenly, a slightly sweet, mostly acrid smell invaded Joseph's nose. The wretched smell flooded his mouth and morphed into a sharply bitter pungence. He worked his tongue and throat, trying to summon as much spit as he could, to flush the taste out of his mouth. He spit and spit and spit again. The tang seemed to coat the inside of his mouth. Joseph gagged and heaved. Bile exploded from the depths of his gut and gushed over his lips and out through his nostrils. His stomach was sore from heaving. Joseph straightened his posture. He had to leave. No more time was wasted. Joseph spun on his toes and aimed for the rim of the valley. The ground was littered with small, sharp rocks, but the soil beneath them gave easily when his foot pressed on them for traction. 
His legs could not move fast enough. The top of the hill seemed miles away. He focused on the horizon he could barely make out in the dark. It never seemed to get closer. His thighs burned with every step. Each lunge upward seemed to stab at his ribs. Joseph could feel the eyes of a beast at his back. Fear satiated his soul. His hands grappled for the far side of every tree. Every thrust would not be enough. Energy was being siphoned faster than he could spend it. The darkness seemed to be closing in. He screamed in frustration. He couldn't hear his own voice. He took in a deep gasp to fuel another desperate cry. Still, he heard no sound from his own mouth. At last, his left foot found the top of the hill. He rose, turned his head to the left to see what evil pursued him. Nothing but a dark abyss filled his vision. Joseph took a long stride with his right foot, turned his head back to face forward, and began to search for options. In a fraction of a second, the darkness was vanquished. The valley that spread out before him exploded with light. The ground was dotted with patches of brilliant white flowers. Beds of bright red plants poked out of the landscape. Luscious blue petals flowed in between them. There were vibrant purple lilies everywhere. Joseph could see playful pink and yellow roses scattered throughout the new valley. There was a cool breeze meandering from right to left. Any fear that Joseph had sensed had evaporated with the light from this place. He closed his eyes and wet his lips. There were new aromas to be investigated. Oh, fresh cherries. Honeysuckle. And lilac bushes. Joseph paused and indulged his mind as the scent of a newly blossomed rose filled his head. It was accompanied by a slight sweetness. He relished the thoughts this perfume sparked. It reminded him of someone. He could vaguely see a face, framed by shoulder-length curls of blonde hair. The eyes were blue, but he could not bring anything else into focus. Feelings of comfort, home maybe, were frittering throughout his body. He smiled at this. As he slowly caught his breath and began to relax, Joseph opened his eyes to take in the rest of this valley. A deep breath through his nose told him there was water nearby. He closed his eyes and tried to listen. Off to the right he heard a gurgle, followed by a babble. He could hear the hushed lecture a stream was delivering as it crept its way through a stone-laden bed. Joseph opened his eyes and peeked in the direction of the sound. He searched for the dark blue of water or the bright green of trees that might be gathered at the banks to guard over the life-giving liquid. Now he realized the trees in this valley displayed what must be fifteen different shades of green. His jaw slowly dropped as the amazement took hold. He had never seen such beauty. This valley was alive with colors and warmth. Joseph turned to where he heard the water. He was drawn toward it. As he crested a small rise, he noticed the stream sauntering through the valley. 
heading toward a stunning pond. He stood on the edge of a sprawling grassy meadow. The blades were a dark green on one side and a mellow blue on the other. He had the urge to feel the soft grass on his bare feet. He pried on the heel of his left boot with the toe of his right until the leather released its grip. He slid his fingers down between his wool sock and bare ankle, loosened his sock from his foot, and wrangled his toes into freedom. Then Joseph let his toes nibble at the heel of the remaining boot until it too slid free from his foot. Quickly he shucked his other sock, balled them together, and dropped them into his boots. He grasped the necks of the boots with his left hand, gazed across the meadow toward the stream, and started walking. With each step, Joseph giggled as the tips of the grass caressed his bare soles. The soft blades had a moistness to them and cushioned each prancing step. The cool wetness refreshed his spirits and seemed to energize him. As he neared the far edge of the meadow, he paused to listen again for the stream. The chatter of water as it flowed over the stones was louder now, but no less pleasant. He turned his head to the left to gauge the distance to the pond, then looked closer as a shock of bright red drew him up. It was an apple tree. Joseph had never seen apples this shade of red before. They were magnificent. They were huge. He altered his course and strode underneath the lowest branch on the tree. Looking straight up, he located one of the apples. He raised his right hand stretched as far as he could. His fingers grazed the bottom of the fruit, but he couldn't grasp it. Joseph lifted his heels from the ground and slid his fingers around the bright red skin of the apple. He couldn't even get his fingers halfway up the giant specimen. He squeezed his fingers together in the hopes of acquiring the fruit. The pressure was just enough, though the branch that nurtured the apple would not release its hold. It bent low with Joseph's tugging, then began to pull the apple out of his macabre grip. He quickly dropped his boots onto the ground and sent a rescuing hand to the top of the apple. The stem finally gave in and released the treasure. Joseph examined the apple with intense curiosity. After locating a suitable spot to initiate the meal, he opened his mouth wide, sunk his teeth into the firm flesh of the fruit, and forced his jaw shut. Sweet, watery juices surrounded his tongue and teeth. The apple was most satisfying. After swallowing several bites, Joseph recalled his quest for the stream. He bent down, grasped his boots by their necks, and turned as he rose to seek out the creek again. As he walked out from under the branches, something didn't seem right. He couldn't quite place the problem. He paused, turned around slowly, and searched diligently for the elusive thread. He was met with failure. He couldn't figure out what was out of place. After a subtle shrug, Joseph turned and headed for the water's edge. As he stood on the bank gazing into the water, he could see through the perfect clarity of the slow-moving current to the moss-covered stones in the bed. Joseph set his boots on the ground, 
then leaned down to place the palm of his left hand on the grassy ground beside the water. Then he lowered one foot and the other into the stream. He could feel the brush of the cool water flowing through the hairs on his legs as the moss squished up through his toes. It was comforting, refreshing. The bank was at just the right height for Joseph to bend his knees and sit. It took twenty-two more bites to finish the delectable apple he had liberated from the tree. While he was chewing the last bite, he suddenly froze. Startled, he quickly leaned over the water and gazed at his reflection. He could easily recognize his deep brown eyes, his freckled nose, his brown, almost blonde locks that perched above his ears. But there was no shadow. He straightened, turned his head toward the apple tree. There was no shade underneath the branches. He spun and looked the other way, then back to his reflection in the water. No shadows anywhere. Just light. He shot his gaze toward the sky. No sun. How could that be? Joseph finished the last bite of the apple and reflected on this new place. He felt the longing to stay here, even if he didn't know where he was. He remembered that awful place he had awoken in. He still had no recollection of where he was or how he got here. But it didn't disturb him like it had before. With his belly full from the apple, Joseph began to feel sleepy. His feet dangling in the water felt natural, relaxing. He threw the apple core end over end across the stream to the other bank, leaned back slowly, locked his fingers together, and slid his hands behind his head to help him ease back onto the ground. He searched the sky once more for any sign of the glowing orb that he knew provided light and heat. It was nowhere to be found. Joseph closed his eyes and felt the intoxication of slumber slowly overtake his consciousness. His mind began to swirl slowly as he descended into a restful sleep. And that's the story of Joe's Valley. It's safe to open your eyes now. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were able to see Joe's Valley and, and the world that he was now living in just form in your eyes and in your mind. Now, if you would do me a favor, let me know how I did. Let me know what you saw as I told you the story of Joe's Valley. You can either leave me a message on Facebook or go to my website on the contact tab and leave me a message there. Again, that website is paulsvoice.me, paulsvoice.me. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Paul's Voice. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember to look for me on Facebook. You can find me at Paul's Voice. 
at Paul's Voice on Facebook. There you'll find a link to my website where you'll find all the books I've narrated and every episode of this podcast. Until next time, I hope you have a good rest of the day and an even better tomorrow. See ya. All the music in this podcast was provided by bensound.com. Thank you, Ben Sound, for the music.